Where's it going, Rudy? I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? of the reddit hard club i am joined by adam but not scott because he couldn't get up this early uh actually i'm sure he just had other plans uh and allison aka bulge lover who picked the movie that we're discussing today the fly from 1986 hello adam hi guys yep glad to have you allison (laughs) uh so i mean right off the bat why did you pick the fly. Oh, because it's the fly, and I couldn't I couldn't believe no one had ever picked it before. And I think I said to you in a message, um, Matt, because I I guess there have been issues coming up before with people picking very popular films that everyone's already seen. I said, I don't care if everyone's already seen it, they can watch it again, because it's worth it. Uh, and yeah, I, it's, it's a solid movie. It's easily yeah. part of that, like, two years where the 80s had just, like, three or four of the best remakes... Yeah. In history, uh, just back to back to back. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I guess if you look at my catalog of films that I've chosen, it's I can't believe I haven't already picked a Cronenberg movie. Um, and I don't know if this is the best one or the most interesting Cronenberg movie, but I think it's definitely the most polished one. Um, and I think it was just a matter of time before I got there. It's. Uh, I think the best word to describe it is is most uh, ex- uh, accessible. Uh, I feel right. like it's it's not as um, immediately off-putting as some of his other movies can uh, sometimes be. The narrative well, have, is straightforward. Sorry. You don't have Debbie Harry putting out cigarette butts on her tits five minutes into the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I do little... love Videodrome. Well, I mean, if, uh, yeah, if, I mean... if we're going to bring that up, Videodrome's amazing. Yeah. But, um, We've done Videodrome, haven't we? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess the, well, I know uh, Adam had a question first, because we were trying to figure out what to discuss for The Fly, because it is something that so many people have seen. Um, so, what was your question, Adam? Well, I said that I didn't have a lot to discuss, but now that we're actually recording, I'm just so excited to talk about The Fly. <laughs> I totally... I knew but... it! I knew it! <laughs> Yeah, like I, the two, I'm gonna come right out and say this. I think this might be one of my all-time favorite horror movies ever. Like, I think this is right up at the tippity top there. Like, this movie is fucking perfect from start to end. I the only problem that I think I have with this movie is one or two line readings from Gina Davis, and even then, I I can't really blame her because I feel like maybe the lines on the page were pretty stilted as well. But, Is it be afraid, be very afraid, by any chance? Yeah, be be afraid, be very afraid, and it's like, something went wrong. Like, just her readings of those lines. But you can't really read that in a natural way, right? It's never going to roll off the tongue. Yeah. Um, but the question was, I think 
can can we all agree that we would totally do the fly tr- thing if it didn't result in the disfiguring transformation? Um, I don't know. Like, so what, what's the part that we are agreeing to? Like, I, I would, think that... Would you, would you do the fly thing if it didn't result in the body deterioration and the eventual becoming a lot like a human-sized fly would you do that would you like take like the superpowers and stuff sure um yeah see i don't know i because i definitely find myself in traffic being like man i wish that there was a way i could teleport somewhere and get out of this fucking traffic <laughs> but it's never been like i hope i can walk into this machine that's gonna break down my particles and send it somewhere else. It's always kind of been like, man, it'd be badass to be Nightcrawler from X Men, wouldn't it? And like, I, I, well, yeah. no, no, issue. I'm, I'm talking super strength, walking on walls, infinite energy. Yeah, I'm talking oh, about- um, I, I don't see why not. See, I'm not, I'm not as sold on it. <laughs> I like my weakling body. <laughs> like, it's my. Sorry, you cut out. <laughs> I said I like my weakling body, like it's mine. <laughs> so I, I don't think I would do it still. I think I'd be like, nope, this is who I am. So that's it. Like this is this is Matt. I don't need the super strength and the climbing on walls stuff. So it's not knowing that you're part fly that bothers you. It's it's that you just don't need it. <laughs> I still need it. No, it's not going to make me watch movies any quicker. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I think you cut out for a bit, but before that, Matt brought up something very interesting. The idea of being broken apart and then being disintegrated and then being built back, back again. I think that raises a really important philosophical question. If, you, if they take all of your molecules in you and they reproduce you exactly in another part of the world, is that really you on the other end? Is that still you, or have you just died and then been cloned? Oh, like kind of the prestige? That's terrifying, you know? Exactly like the prestige, yeah. Well, that is, is that, that is the question. Are you being broken down and your cells reproduced? Or are your cells being broken down and then just transported from one area to another? Because if you're just being transported, those are still, still your same cells. If you're being right. fully and completely deconstructed and reproduced, maybe not so much. Okay, I guess that is the question then. So what is it in this movie? I think it's, uh, I think it's being copied. I don't think it is literally being taken from one place to another. Yeah, because he says that the, like, the steak and stuff tastes synthetic. It's not the same thing anymore. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, uh, Yeah, and I think, personally, I think, uh, I have no way to prove this, but I think I'm more than just myself, so I think I'd be uncomfortable with that. Well, I don't know. Throughout your lifetime, all your cells will eventually break down, be exactly. destroyed, and be reproduced in a natural process. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is taking a weird conversation turn that I didn't know yeah. it was going to take. Yeah. Well, well, I understand good. why... Sorry. <laughs> you know, you go ahead first, Allison, because it's about to no, get no. weird on my end. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. I was just going to say that I understand why Gina Davis and that other woman at the bar were so uncomfortable about going in there, right? Because yeah. you don't know. There's no way to know, and the only way to know is to go through it, and then it's too late. So, that's all. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't even have. I was gonna completely bring up a uh, a totally different topic. Um, but if is there more that you guys want to add to this before I try to shift gears? Adam, you sounded like you were gonna say something weird, so go for it. I'm willing to say, let's go all the way to to the end product. Let's make everybody fly creatures because it looked like. <laughs> He he seemed to still at the end have his human conscious in his in that fly body, right? I mean he was over he was controlled by hormones because it was like the mating thing or whatever, and he was yeah. being taken over by the fly instincts. But if if you could produce a race of of creatures that were capable of flight, of you know, all the crazy stuff that him as Brundlefly is capable of, then I say go for it. Gina Davis and that dude got in the way of progress. I say we just totally go for it. They just have to fix the whole disintegration thing. Yeah, we just gotta work the kinks out a little bit, but he had the right idea. He had the right idea going on. <laughs> You're ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Um... So, this movie and uh, the other two kind of big 80s remake films, uh, The Thing and The Blob, always kind of bring to mind for me the the thing that really makes a remake work versus what we've been seeing in the last couple of years, which is, you know, if you watch this and you watch the Vincent Price movie, The Fly, back-to-back, yeah. you're watching two entirely different films. Yep, and I did that last night. I watched them back to back. And like, yeah, there's there is literally no elements of that original fly in there except for the setup. It's a completely different narrative. It's more of a mystery in the 50s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um it has the same fears though. Like the the soul is there, I think. This sort of fear of technology and and the dangers of that and disease. It's more about disease, obviously, in the Cronenberg one, because it's Cronenberg. Um, yeah. I think, but yeah, the remake, it's like they took the original premise, and then they structured the, the remake to be more like a traditional tragedy. Like, this is, it's like a Greek tragedy. You start with this hero that you're all going to identify with, who's noble, who's intelligent, and, and who is ultimately good. And then you just watch them fall, and it's inevitable. And they fall because they're so proud, and because they think that they can do anything. The only big difference, well, it's not the only big difference. The one of the bigger differences um, beyond everything else is also how our two main characters handle the situation. Um, because who, if you watch, who are you, you considering? Oh, sorry. I was gonna say because when you watch that original fly, um, from the second he walks out of that machine, and he's half man, half fly, uh, you know. That's instantaneous. Also, it's not a slow progress like like with Brundlefly. He's just yeah. oh shit, my head's a fly now. Mm -hmm. um, but it's immediate regret. I fucked up. We either need to fix this or you need to kill me. That's all that. Those are the only options we have. Versus, you know, this version of it where it's almost like a an addiction. Like he doesn't mind that he's been mixed with a fly. In fact, he's yeah. going to keep using that machine more and more because he likes the way that it makes him feel. Um, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It's a lot messier. Yeah. 
Uh, and I think well, that and, the, in, a, in a weird way, it well, not even in a weird way, it just it makes the ending of the original one for me more tragic because you know the original one is all about this loving wife that is desperately trying to save her husband's life because she knows that there isn't much time. Like she's either got to save him or kill him, and she you know she definitely doesn't want to have to kill him. Um, so when it gets that point where she's got no other choice it really is kind of like a tragic thing it's just like oh and then you know they find the fly like a day later <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. it's got such a in some weird way even though this movie ends with a head blowing up um this one just always felt so much darker to me for or the original one always felt so much darker in that sense because it's just it, it's it's a trad like it's a straight up tragedy, um, well, there's, masked there's, in a sci-fi. There's a bit of a shift in this one, where in the like in the original Vincent Fly one, it's like okay, I've become a fly. Let's get me back. Like I need to get back. There's a there's a certain point in this movie where Brundle Brundle is like okay. There's no going back here. Yeah. I'm gonna deteriorate, or something's gonna happen. I'm fucked, and and that's at the point where you realize that Gina Davis is pregnant, and that's his whole motivation for the movie. All of a sudden, shifts at that point. Yep. It's like get Gina Davis, get the baby. Let's all be together. So, mm-hmm. so it, it it definitely isn't going it at one point it takes a real hard left turn and it's not going in the same direction as that Vince Price one it's just completely yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is why it's never going to end in the same kind of tragic way as that one because we got to find because because we've lost that motivation like we've yeah sorry yeah. which one's less tragic uh it's not well it's not going to end in the same kind of tragedy right as right the right Vince Price one mm-hmm. Um, because we've definitely taken a left turn. It's not, you can't get me back because, you know, we can't find the fly. It's, you shouldn't get me back. I, there's no getting me back. Just fucking yeah. end it. Re- mm-hmm. you know. It was always a bit doomed, though. Like, from the first time where he's saying to Gina Davis, that yes, I am fused on a molecular, cellular level with the DNA of a fly. I remember my reaction was just like, shit, <laughs> you, you can't fix that. <laughs> Yeah, that's, nope. a, that's a permanent change right there. Yeah. <laughs> There's no going back. Um, um, yeah. Because it, <laughs> it's in your whole body, every single cell. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but is it a bit like AIDS? And just because it, it, it is the 80s, right? Yeah. I, I, Once you get that, it's in your blood. It's, it's, yeah, you're done. It would, it would make sense because I know that that's... Um having taken a, a fair amount of film classes, there's there's a movie that I don't think is that great of a movie that they constantly make you watch um, from the 80s because they talk about how glorious it is as far as being a um, a film that that uh, uses... Uh, that, that basically becomes an allegory for AIDS without ever... Um, using the word, and that movie uh, was Fatal Attraction. They always say like, "Oh, that whole movie is really? yeah." They, they you know they're like yeah. it's it's a dude fucking around on his wife, and yeah. he catches something very serious, aka a crazy person. 
yeah. who puts his entire family at risk. And it was like, hey, we couldn't talk about AIDS back then. So, yeah. you know, we, we came up with something that basically sent the message of like, hey, just randomly going around fucking left and right, probably not the best idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, I see it. It's I see. no... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I no, can I, see how that's the, the fly could be the same way. Yeah, but without the sort of moralizing about sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, that's no temptation, confessions of a marriage counselor. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't bring it up. It's terrible, I know. Oh, um, so bad. Now that, you, now that you point that out in Fatal Attraction, though, that is like, the dullest of dull knives, bluntest of blunt hammers. <laughs> it makes so much sense to me now, yeah. I'd never thought about that before. Yeah, film, film school will do that to you. <laughs> yeah. Why, why? Isn't that Paul Verhoeven? Isn't that a Paul Verhoeven movie? I think so. And then they're making you, <laughs> they're making you watch a Paul Verhoeven movie in film school. Uh, yeah, the, actually... One of the, I actually have my film teacher on, uh, the ho- one of the Halloween episodes of my podcast because after I had, uh, after I left school, like I had graduated, they started an all horror class, like an all horror movie class. Ah. Uh. And I was, so I was like, well, I can't take his class because I already graduated, but I can have him on my podcast for an hour to tell me what the class is like. So I can get a rough idea of what I'm missing out on. And, uh, yeah, that was, like, awesome. Because he, it really was just, like, that's, like, when he started talking about that again. Because he was like, that's one of the scariest movies of the 80s. That, because no one thinks about what it's actually trying to say. Like, it's just like, oh, wow, creepy stalker movie. He's like, but, you know, you read the director. Like, you read the, the notes from the director. And he's just like, no, yeah, that's we were making an AIDS movie. Couldn't really say AIDS at the time, so we just were like, "Hey, yeah, no, she's just a crazy chick. Don't, don't put your dick in crazy, you guys." Like that was the message of the movie. Um, but no, no, I think you're right. Um, I think you can see a bit of. There's a subtext of that maybe in the fly, but it, yeah, like I said, just without the, the moralizing. Yeah, which again, the if, different yeah. time. Like they really couldn't talk about that anyway, in a weird way. Yeah, like, they had to. You had to do it in subtle stuff like that, so. Um, I don't know if there's anything else, really, that I can think of to discuss, but it is your pick, so I'm not sure if there's anything you have in mind. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think there's there's still some stuff we could plumb. What about um, performances? We haven't talked about that. We talked about Gina Davis and her sometimes stilted delivery. Um, but I think that they're great together. I think they have some great chemistry from the very beginning. Um, and you can believe it that they that they would be a couple. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I I agree with that. Um, how about you, Adam? Yeah, I totally do. When I said that she had stilted line readings, I'm talking about like one or two line readings right, that right. just kind of okay. for a second I'm like ooh, cringe a little bit. But when she's you know begging him to stop and get better and stuff. And, you know, there's some serious emotion going on there. Yeah, you totally feel it. You totally feel mm-hmm. it. They have great chemistry. It's like She seems like she really cares about this guy, and she's doing a great fucking job. Yeah, and I think this is Goldblum at, like, his most Goldblum. Um, it's, it's hard for me to think of another um, example of that. It just He has this 
this sort of manic intensity behind his eyes all the time that looks it it just sort of looks like he's acting intelligence like it is intelligence um and it's attractive in the beginning and then he just starts to he still keeps that but then it just gets a little wilder in his eyes and it just gets scary as he turns more into the fly yeah when he's punching holes in brick walls you're like you know what no amount of intelligence or attractiveness is is worth it let's get out of here now Um, the other thing that I always forget about in this movie is that their relationship is like pretty damn short oh (laughs) yeah it is like like, this movie like again to compare it to the original movie like the original movie is a husband and wife dealing with the situation this movie it's Jeff Goldblum and that chick that he picked up at a party the other week dealing with the situation (laughs) yeah almost as short as American Werewolf in London (laughs) Guys, maybe this isn't about AIDS. Maybe it's about unwanted pregnancies. Yeah. Yeah. Reproductive rights. I can see that. So, do we want to talk about the uh, re- uh, the sequel to the remake starring Eric Stoltz? Uh, you guys can talk to me about that because I haven't seen it. We can talk about the first five minutes of it because the first five minutes is okay. <laughs> That's about it. It opens. It opens on Gina Davis giving birth to uh, a baby and it's Jeff Goldblum. So that's where the movie goes from there. Yeah. And it's like, uh, the, here's the one thing I will say about that movie. That movie is not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. And I don't think that there's anyone in this world, even myself that would try to convince people otherwise. But what I will say is that I think that that particular movie, um, has an even cooler looking fly than this movie. Yeah, that was the whole point, was to bring in the special effects house again and just be another cool special effects reel. But they didn't have the good acting, the good plot, the any like anything else from but this. But it's definitely movie. not like that's one of those movies that I hear people refer to as like one of the worst movies ever made. And I'm like, oh that's that's not true though. Like it's not a good movie, but there are far worse things that you can get force yourself to sit down and watch than The Fly 2. I would even go as far to say, earlier you, you, for some crazy reason, lumped in The Thing, The Fly, and the 1980s Blob remake. Oh, I fucking <laughs> love the 1980s Blob remake. I think I like that more than The Thing or The Fly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's just fucking with me. No, I'm being dead serious. I love... Because here's the thing. That movie... I I saw that movie when I was like a little kid just getting into like gory horror movies. And that movie was just so over the top with, with its gore like right off the bat. Like, you've got, like, people's faces melting and people getting pulled into sinks and, like, all this crazy... Like, that is a special effects movie to the 10th degree and, like, story just goes in the back pocket. And the flip side that I also go with that thing is I think it's a better remake and I only say that because I enjoy the Fly remake, I enjoy the Thing remake, but I also enjoy the original thing and the original fly, whereas I could give a shit less about the original Blob, but I fucking <laughs> love that Blob remake. And the Blob remake does stick a little closer to the plot of the original Blob, where those other ones take it off and, and 
do a lot more with it. But uh, there's a scene in that Blob remake where <laughs> they're like in the sewer or something, and they have to climb up a ladder to get away from the Blob, and the Blob sort of forms up into this giant pink prolapsed anus looking thing and it's it's got it's accompanied complete with like fart sucking noises and like like mist coming out of it and i could all all i could think about for the rest of the movie is that they're getting chased around by a big pink butthole for this whole fucking movie and it just it went right out the window for i couldn't take it seriously Uh, see you're you're just missing all the greatness that is that blob remake that is on the list of like 200 movies that I'll pick one day if we get that many rounds deep into this thing, but not anytime soon. <laughs> it's got some great kills, but it's not a good movie. I'm telling you right now. You got nostalgia glasses on. No, I, I watched that. That's like, you know how like there's some movies where it's just like, oh, I just remember that first time I watched it and I never touched it again. Like, no, I fucking watch that movie all the time. Like. <laughs> Like, I'm very proud that that movie sits in my DVD collection and that I will frequently pick that bad boy up and just pop it in for a good good Saturday evening viewing. Maybe you should pick it then, because I'll fight you on this now, because that movie's ridiculous, man. Come on. Yeah, look at what I like. <laughs> so, is, so is there anything else that you guys want to uh, uh, point out while we're discussing this? Who did we lose? Allison, we still got you there? No, I think we just lost Allison. She had warned me that her laptop died and that she was calling via a phone call. On her phone, yeah. On her phone. Um, So I'll try to add her back in, but in the meantime, do you have any plugs that you would like to bring up? Uh, For plugs? uh, Shoot, what was that? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, If you guys are not or not watching Red Letter Media's series of Best of the Worst. Matt, have you been watching that? Have you seen any of that? No, I saw that you had posted it last night, and I was uh, probably going to check it out today. It is by far, like, there is, in these days and times, an overabundance of bad movie podcasts and YouTube shows and all that shit. If you're going to watch any kind of bad movie, anything, this is probably the best of the best that you should be watching. And it's called Best of the Worst, and it's done by Red Letter Media, the guys that did, like, the Star Wars Plinkett reviews and stuff. The and, best... And producers of Doc of the Dead. Correct, correct. Probably the best bad movie anything, except for this podcast when we really hate a movie. Hmm. Yeah. Is it better than Mystery Science Theater 3000? Probably the se- second best bad movie anything. <laughs> well, the only the only thing that I will say, and don't someone's going to take this as me saying I don't like Mystery Science Theater three thousand, but the difference between Mystery Science Theater three thousand and a lot of those bad movie podcasts is that Mystery Science Theater three thousand always tried to keep it kind of lighthearted and everything, but like. You listen to shit like Flophouse and We Hate Bad Movies, or We Hate Movies, and that's fucking gloves are off. <laughs> like, the, the, like, the anger towards the movies that they've had to watch is, is to me, part of the enjoyment of just, like, it's complete rage 
review. Like, it's not even like, hey, we're going to make fun of these little things. It's just like, why the fuck does this movie exist? Like, how the fuck is someone so stupid that they sign on board for this fucking movie? And, uh, you know, it's like when we review movies and then half the people get all fucking uptight and start saying that we should have our film reviewing shit revoked or whatever bullshit they come up with. Uh, Guess what? I don't have any credentials. Fuck you! Uh, no, and that's that's part of why I really like this is they they they'll go in and they pick three movies to watch, and the conceit of the show is we try and find which is the best of the three. So they're they're going out of their way to try and w- want to like one of these movies, and a lot of the time the movies just make it so difficult to like them that they just get frustrated and pissed off with it, like. Yeah, it's pretty great. You definitely need to check it out. Red Letter Media, best of the worst. Um, all right, do you have any plug, Allison? Um, let's see. I have been pretty bad about working on my blog, but I do occasionally update it. So I guess keep an eye out for that. Yeah, nothing, nothing too impressive there. Are we going to do that thing where we talk about movies that we've been watching? Or oh, do we can do that? that too, real quick. Uh, okay. What movies have you been watching? Um, actually, I haven't really. I was hoping someone else would go first, but that's fine. Um, so, oh yeah, for those of you who don't know, I, I live in England, um, normally. So I went to see this play in London that's called Ghost Stories, and it might be touring around. And if it is, I highly recommend going to see it. I can't really say much about it because there are, that would just be spoilers, and we're told at the end of the play not to spoil the secret of Ghost Stories. So if that does come to a city near you, you should definitely check it out. It's a horror play, which is good fun. Um, yeah, so I recommend that. Um, and I'm in Canada right now because I'm home for the holidays, and on the flight I watched Boyhood, which was amazing. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about Boyhood. Uh, yeah. I think I'm supposed to get it on my Netflix soon, so hopefully that'll come um, That was good. Yeah, so yeah, so not horror. I also watched um, What If, also called um, The F Word, which is like a romantic comedy with Daniel Radcliffe, which is actually pretty funny. Nice. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Adam? Is there anything that you've watched recently? Um, <clears throat> I watched It's a Disaster uh, the other day, which is like an indie comedy. It's got like Julia Stiles and David Cross and America Ferreira. And that movie is fucking awesome. <laughs> like, that movie takes such a sharp turn at the end of it that you just don't see coming. And it's... If you know anything about, like, David Cross or you've listened to any of his stand-up, it makes it immediately, like, a thousand times better that that's where the movie goes at the end. And you, you've seen it, haven't you, Matt? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that ending is... And it... I can't spoil it, obviously, but yeah, the ending, I remember watching it and just being like, oh, I don't I don't know how I feel about where this movie's going. Like, it... It makes you kind of uncomfortable because you find it so funny that it suddenly takes that turn. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a really good movie. I really do like that fucking movie. Yeah, that was really good. And I um, because the co- podcast cut out last last week or whatever, I didn't get to. I had watched the entirety of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. I had just binge watched all of that, which. Uh, I don't know. If you like comic books, totally worth it. Alright. Um, I'm trying to decide what ones I'm going to talk about. Uh, I'm going to save elves. Or, no, I won't say that. 
So I watched some of those DVDs that I bought from VHSPS, uh, which included watching the Loch Ness Horror, which was phenomenal <laughs> in its terribleness. Was it as good as the trailer promised? Oh, that trailer just sold the shit out of that movie so well. Uh, yeah, it's everything that you expect it to be from that trailer. Um, the other movie that I watched was Dead of Night from 1943. And uh, I watched it because it has this history of being like the first, either both one of the first um, anthology films and considered to have one of the best segments of an anthology film. And uh, it's definitely the fir- one of the first because it's, uh, you know, kind of like, I don't know what we're doing here. And the movie's pretty long um, for um, the time period that it came out. But, but that final, the final story is a, is a ventriloquist dummy story that um, is fantastic. It's, it's so eerie. It has a really cool, dark ending that I enjoyed. Um, so if you can track down a copy, it's kind of hard to find. But if you're into anthology films even a little bit, uh, I, you will benefit from watching it. Um, so I, I, I highly, highly recommend that one. And uh, as if I wasn't busy enough getting a bunch of shit from everybody on the fucking page for having the audacity to think that the Re- uh, the Revenant was okay. Um, I also got shit on by everyone that I'm Facebook friends with because I had the audacity to think that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. Never said it was a good movie. I just was like, hey, it's like a two-star movie. And fucking everybody had shit to say from that point on, uh, including what I later found out, a bunch of people who hadn't even seen the fucking movie just assuming what the movie's about and being like, you're an asshole. You're just trying to get people riled up. It's like, no, it's not a bad movie. It's, it's not a good movie, but it's not a bad movie. It's better than most Michael Bay films. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that on your, I saw that on your Facebook, and that it had like a shit ton of comments, and I was like, I'm staying out of that hornet's nest. I'm going in there. Like I said, it's not a terrible movie, but it's it's not a good movie either. It, if you were to rank movies from like great movies to average movies. This is like dead fucking center. Like a movie that is worse than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a bad movie, and a movie that's better than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a good movie. It is the most average mediocre film in history. And that's why I was impressed. I was like, I thought that this was going to be the biggest pile of shit ever, and it was just a, bo- a small pile of shit. Um, I like I like that we have you around to advocate for bad movies. <laughs> Someone has to. Someone, Someone has to stand has to. up for these filmmakers that don't get their voices heard. Um, <laughs> and also, St. Mort Show is on SoundCloud. Oh, actually, you know what? I do want to... So, way back on episode 6, because the, the microphone cut out when I was doing this. Way back on episode 6 of this podcast, we discussed a movie called Dead and Buried. And if you remember that episode, the person who picked the movie was on the podcast, Brian. Uh, and on that episode, when we were doing the plugs, his plug was that he had just finished shooting a, a horror movie, a feature-length horror movie, shot entirely on his iPhone. 
And uh, he contacted me about two months ago that not only is the movie all done being edited, but it's been playing at a bunch of film festivals and winning a bunch of awards. And he wanted to come on the St. Mort show and talk about the making of the movie. So he was on the show two weeks ago. And I think that it's really cool to A, check it out just because it's a really interesting story of making a film with your iPhone because you want to make a movie and you can't afford to get real cameras. So you just use whatever you had available to do. And the fact that the movie's doing really, really well and that I think he said on there was one day like two weeks ago where on the exact same day, 14 different websites were writing about why you need to see his movie. And yeah, what's it called? It's called Something Help Us, right? Yeah, Jennifer Help Us. Jennifer Help Us. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, so it's definitely a, he's a he's a very nice dude, and uh, I jokingly call it an hour of listening to two people become best friends. Because <laughs> there's just moments where he'll mention something, and it's like, you know, it'll be like, oh yeah, I've always wanted to do a film adaptation of the video game Zombies Ate My Neighbors. <laughs> And I'm like, I have been saying that I want to do a film adaptation of Zombies Ate My Neighbors for years. And it's just one of those, like, <laughs> like oh my god. <laughs> Someone else who wants to do the same stupid movie idea uh, type moments. So it's, uh, I think it's a good listen. Um, so check it out and support him because he's one of our own, even though he hasn't participated in quite a while. He says he still lurks and reads the discussions and whatnot, but editing the movie for the last two and a half years has kind of taken over his good. life. He's out there making movies. No, good for him. So, yep. Yeah. Big, big props to him. Check out that episode. Uh, it's with uh, Brian Berger is his name. Mm. Um, so, maybe one day we'll be discussing um, that on here. But in two weeks, we'll be discussing Stitches, uh, which I I really like that movie, but I think that I'm going to be that person I was like, oh, you fucking didn't like this, but you like Stitches, you asshole. Because that's how everyone talks in my head when I read your comments. <laughs> um, but in two weeks, or uh, next week, we'll be discussing Bitter Feast, which I haven't watched yet, but I, I think could be pretty good from the plot description I've read. Uh, and here's the trailer for that. This trout comes to us from Roscoe, New York, which our local anglers like to refer to as Trout Town, USA. Now to our frittata. We're going to let this go for another minute. As for the food, one word, vomitus. Vomitus? Another scathing review. How nice. Public demands for all meat. I just give it to them. What the hell is going on? Where is everybody? Feast. Reviewed by J.P. Frank. Gordon, he's a food blogger. You just don't get it. This is a disaster. So what now? The sous chef from Marlowe and Sons is going to be in this afternoon. He's taking over the kitchen. I'm fired? Gordon, this is my life. Good morning, Mr. Franks. Mr. Gray! Do you know him? Franks. And he wrote a nasty review of your restaurant. Am I a person of interest, Mr. Coley? 
middle of nowhere, but I feel we're quite close to it.